0: Welcome to another episode of Relationship Rewire, where we talk about what's right and what's wrong with relationships and marriage in our world today. In our last episode, episode 18, my good friend Mark Absher and I talked about submission, headship, and power struggles in marriage. We'd actually recorded an episode about two months prior to that. And where we were hoping to go in that episode, actually where I was hoping to go in that first recording was where we ended up going more in episode 18. So I had put that recording on the shelf and hadn't thought about it, and the other day I thought I would pull it out and listen to it and see if there's anything um, usable in that. And not only did I find there was something usable, I thought, hey, almost all of this is different than that other episode, than the last episode, and it has some really good stuff in it. Especially Mark comes up and makes some very good points, and some brings uh, to mind some ideas and pulls out some thoughts and and uh, concepts and just heartsets that I think will help a lot of people. And, and actually, just me listening to it again helped me quite a bit. So I think you'll enjoy this episode. Sit back and enjoy episode 19: A Train of Thought That Gets Derailed. Mark, uh, tell us a little bit about who you are.
1: I uh, seventh uh, generation Texan that uh, ended up uh, in the DC area uh, came back to Texas and uh, decided to go to uh, college at Abilene Christian, met my future wife. We were married between our junior and senior year and uh, both of us were wanting to, to do ministry together and that was a good fit and uh, she had grown up in Africa as the daughter of a missionary and we thought we were going back to Africa. Ended up in Brazil and uh, spent about six years in Brazil before uh, some health issues uh, made it uh, evident that the the decision needed, the trigger needed to be pulled for us to come back to the States. Uh, We've got a couple of kiddos uh, that are adult now and live in San Antonio with us and a granddaughter which I think about all the time, and yeah,
0: you send me a lot of text photos of, of your granddaughter.
1: Yeah, I do. Yeah, I do <laughs> to make you jealous. <laughs> yeah, I am jealous. All I yeah. got is a
0: grand dog so far.
1: Yeah, I got mm-hmm. a I got a grand dog and a granddaughter, and uh, <laughs> uh, we share the same birthday. And uh, that's cool. She is. she's just I just think about her all the time. She's pretty awesome. <laughs> I can't wait when I, when my.
0: When I start having grandkids, I've already I've already been drawing plans um, to build a playhouse. I built a playhouse for our kids when they were young, and they loved it. We'd spend the night out there a lot and stuff. Uh, but I'm gonna this one's gonna be even better, and we're gonna call it the Story House. And there's gonna be no electronics allowed. We only tell stories, read stories, eat, and sleep in there.
1: Yeah. Well, and and you told me about that, I've been thinking about doing the same thing in our backyard. We we've got some really gigantic live oaks in the in the backyard that would make a great place for a for a story house. Oh, that'd be cool. Uh, yeah. Okay, so you, you you
0: you've been back here from Brazil for how long now?
1: We came back in 95, so about 20 21 years.
0: Okay, it's been that long. Wow. Uh-huh. okay. And uh how long have you been, you you are now the pulpit minister for MacArthur Park Church of Christ. How long have you been doing that?
1: Right. Uh, I'm in my 16th year. Okay. Uh, six years in Lawrence, Kansas, okay. uh, just south of the University of Kansas. And uh, that was a great experience. And uh, having our parents living back here in Texas and the opportunity to come back to Texas was, uh, was something we didn't feel like we could uh, pass up. And so we've been here 16 years now. That's cool. Yeah.
0: Well, Mark has been becoming more and more of a friend over the last uh, few years, and um, in fact, one of the traditions we started is after we do one of our love or while we do one of our love re- reboot workshops the Friday nights. about every yeah Friday about every five weeks, uh, Mark and his wife Ellen and Joanna and I um, meet up somewhere for dinner, usually at a place we've never been and try out a new place and and decompress and we eat weird eat, food eat weird food yeah <laughs> one of the reasons i, I wanted mark well, probably the biggest reason i wanted mark on here other than um just i like to think great minds think alike and sometimes we just uh have lunch and, and discuss things that a lot of other people probably wouldn't discuss and probably wouldn't care to and may think we're a little weird but uh mark wouldn't tell you this he's 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 a very well-read person and um, he's got some some insights that I think uh, just reflect the heart of of Christ more than most people that I uh, that I know. And so, but he's also fun, and he's weird, and he's quirky, and uh, maybe as much as I am. And sometimes he thinks no, I, not sometimes. I think he's always looking for ways to think out of the box, in how he can minister and serve, and just just do life. So. Um, I, I had this topic that I asked Mark if he would talk about and kind of explore with me. It's just been something that's kind of been uh, disturbing me, I guess, waking me up, making me think. But So I, I've been working with marriages for a couple, well, at least two decades now. And one of the things I've noticed, Mark, in the church, um, when I say the church, I'm talking about... Christianity at large in North America is we have, um, as the divorce rate has increased, we have, um, we, I think at one time we tended to fight against divorce. Uh, One big reason, because the breakdown of the family is so destructive to us as individuals, to society, to the church. Uh, But also because it's the only thing that I know of, only um, yeah, the only thing I know of in the Bible that God says He hates. And um, but over the years, it's not like we we just haven't quit trying to stem the tide of divorce. We've actually, in in many senses, um, almost accommodated. Well, no, more than accommodated it. And maybe even to some point encouraged it because, and, and this, this I'm walking some dangerous ground here because I'm all for some, uh, but for example, a, a lot of churches have divorce care classes or single again classes. And some sometimes it's almost like we're celebrating that, or there's a mindset being created to celebrate that. Um, and I and I don't, again, I don't have any, pr- I, in fact, I think we should be helping people, especially if it's not their choice to divorce or if they've just been in um, some circumstances like repeated unrepentant um, infidelity and in the, that their spouse has no desire to, to do anything about that. Um, but, you know, th- those people are hurting and, and need care. But it just seems to really go in a different way and I can't quite put my finger on it then for example we spend a lot of time and energy in discussions sitting around tables and talking about the homosexual agenda and same-sex attraction and and legislating against that and 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 there doesn't seem to be a place for that in the church so I don't know I don't know where I'm going with this exactly but I um, when when you and I were talking, you you said something that that I think was kind of got to the heart of of what 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 is bothering me about all this.
1: Do you remember what you said just now? Well, a little while ago, yes. Yeah. Well, you know, one um, one of the I think significant changes that's taken place in my own preaching over the last couple of years is I've uh, I've really stopped talking about uh, the, the people that I am in relationship with and open the Bible up to and sermons every week, I, I've stopped talking about us as being Christians. And I, I don't have any problem with that. Uh, you, you know, there's folk out there that have debated whether or not when that was used in, in Acts, uh, whether it was pejorative or, you know, what. I, I don't believe it is. I just think that was what they were called because they followed Christ but I've I've stopped calling us Christian, or referring to us as Christian, even though I don't have a problem with the term itself, and have started referring to us as disciples, hmm. because I think there's a there's there's a gigantic gap between the uh, the popular uses of those words and their meaning today,
0: but, and that's also a biblical new testament term right we pathology. were we were
1: disciples we were called to be the disciples before somebody outside the secular world decided to call us christian but the, the whole idea of disciple was was about um becoming a different kind of a human being mm-hmm. that it was uh, to aspire to be something different to be something better to be something transformed and 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 from the christian perspective from the new testament perspective that was never going to be something that we did on our own that was one of the beautiful gifts of the Holy Spirit uh, at at uh, at that point that we received the, the Spirit of God, baptism, and confession, and these kinds of things. That uh, that that made discipleship not not just uh, 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 practical, but it but it made it uh, you know you were optimistic that you would be able to become a different kind of a person to follow in the steps of Jesus and to be a, a person that. Uh, was distinctive in the way that they thought, where they placed their affections, uh, their their view of suffering, uh, all of these different kinds of things. Uh, the way that virtues were, were birthed and developed in their life through not just their own grit, but but through the power of the Spirit and transforming them degree by degree by degree, day by day by day. So and, are, you,
0: are you saying uh, in, in part of that that our culture at large, when they hear the word Christian, they don't think of a person who's being transformed. They think of a person that belongs to a big group that has uh, a political agenda and has a um, certain club mindset kind of thing. Right.
1: Yeah, I, I, th- I think outside of the church, in, in the more secular world at large, there there is that idea that that uh, to be a Christian is to have a a certain political stance. But inside of the church, uh, you know, Western culture, the Western world is so individualistic rather than collective. And because we are individualistic, there is, um, you know, there are some dangers that are inherent in that. And we begin to buy into uh, a much more self-centered universe than we would and, but just by the very definition of a disciple, it's not about you. It is about becoming something else. Mm-hmm. And and uh, and that something kind of else, I think, really is becoming the kind of human being that God always intended. But it gets you away from the liabilities of being a fallen human in a fallen world. That's not to say that we're going to be perfect, but but there's, there's going to be something different about the way that we perceive the world around us, and especially the way that we perceive relationship, which is that's the gospel. Mm -hmm. The gospel is about, is is not just about the relationship that God has healed through salvation, our relationship with him, but it begins to heal the relationship we have with other people and primarily uh, the relationship we might have with our spouse. And I think that, you know, Paul is, in in Ephesians 5, is, is, you know, obviously he's talking about the church, but throughout chapters 4, 5, and 6 of Ephesians, he's 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 talking about relationship mm-hmm. you know the the practicalities of relationship and what it means to have god in you and how you relate to other people there's a there's a uh, there's a quote by e w macmillan uh, uh that i heard recently where macmillan said that god is closer to you than the blood in your veins mm. And, and and I believe that to be true. I, I believe that once you become a disciple of Jesus of Nazareth, there is a completely different way of living. And it's not just the, the morality you choose to live, but it's the way that you relate to other people. And now how that gets into the whole uh, marriage and, and divorce issue, um, there, there there is a part of me that is very grateful for the divorce care groups and things like that because I think we've had some very terrible ways of, of of, uh, of treating people that went through divorce. And I think they're unbiblical. Uh, I think that heaven recognizes brokenness in What would human be an beings. example
0: of an unbiblical way of treating divorce?
1: Well, I think anytime you objectify a person, when when I look at somebody and I don't see the person that is made in the image of God, but I see a person that has gone through this horrific divorce process, and and I don't see a person who is broken or I don't see a person that is wounded or in pain or 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 whatever it might be, but I just see, you know, the the, the big red D on their forehead, the scarlet D mm-hmm. on their forehead, and I treat them accordingly, you know, treat them according right. to that then I've objectified them and not treated them as uh, somebody made in the image of God. I think heaven recognizes even more clearly and perceptively than we do that this is a fallen world. Yeah. I mean, it's God who describes that fallenness to us to help us to understand what the world is going to be like in Genesis chapter 3. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and and while I, I think that heaven recognizes divorce, uh, and I'm grateful um I'm really grateful for all of the care that we give in the name of Jesus and in love and grace and gospel to those kinds of people. Um, I, I, just, I just think we have a terrible theology of divorce in churches of Christ. And I'm not going to speak for any of the other uh, religious groups out there since I've, I've never been a part of anything uh, but the, the churches of Christ in, in, in my own lifetime. Uh, I, I believe that, uh, that we are uh, contradictory uh, I also I also think that that getting back to the discipleship question, I, I think that we that uh, the lack of, of discipling people the way that Jesus did leads to a self-centered universe that that sometimes makes divorce uh, an easy out. Um, we, we you know, we we don't want to suffer.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: We uh, we want to be happy. We um and we define that in some some very self aware ways. Um I you know, I, I love all the Stephen Covey stuff, the seven habits of a of a highly effective person. I think that Covey was, was brilliant. The one thing I disagree with though is that whole win win. I think there are some times in my marriage to my wife that the best thing for my marriage was not to win, for her to win, but for me to lose. Huh. I think that was going to be the best thing for our marriage. I mean there uh, there, there are certain things that happen to a marriage when uh, there are some significant health issues that rise to the surface. Uh, when you're in ministry, uh, there are, uh, there are, are, you know, like all of life, there are, there are stressors, but there are stressors that are unique to ministry, and and, and that not just to the minister but to his wife as well. Yeah. That, that change things. And there are just times when when I believe and I teach this to young people who come and they want to do the premarital counseling thing I just I just tell tell them both that sometimes the best thing for your marriage is not to win and I think that's 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 the discipleship yeah issue with Christ who did not e- count equality with God something to be grasped but emptied himself became a man and not just a man but a servant and not just a servant but one obedient to death and not just death but death on a cross you just I, I actually just taught that in my one of my classes,
0: Foundations of Marriage, which is for newly married, young married, and um, engaged couples, and just week before last talked about the win-win, and you just you just really hit on something there because really what what I'm trying to do is move them from a me mindset to an us mindset, and you're saying if we're being transformed, we're really
1: moving to a you mindset. To a, to a Jesus mindset, yeah. you know, that is going to give up some things out of love. I mean, when you think about what is it that held Christ on the cross? It wasn't the nails. It wasn't the Roman army. There are 10,000 angels, so we sing, that were ready to jump over, you know, uh, the, the wall there in heaven and come to his rescue. Mm-hmm. But what is it that kept him on the cross when all of that power and all of that, that, uh, that energy was available for it to be other? It was love. I, and I, even before that, in the Garden of Eden, mm-hmm. or excuse me, in the Garden of Gethsemane, I think that's where he sees fully what it is that's going to happen, the sweat drops of blood. Mm-hmm. He's across the Kidron Valley. Um, it's dark. He could be out of there, and nobody would know where he went, but he stayed and waited for Judas and everyone else to show up, and you know the rest of the story. Right. It's love, and sometimes love means you lose. Yeah, yeah. For for the and in the end you win obviously, uh, with with the blessing that comes with that. But but sometimes sometimes to to have a better marriage you you know you there are things that you give up and there are things that you you lose, mm-hmm. and and as you are becoming uh, the Christ you're learning I think different different ways to love and different levels of love loving people and uh, so
0: that may be a big reason or the main reason why God says He hates divorce because. Divorce is pretty much the opposite. If that's what you're choosing, you're saying, "No, I'm going to win this this one for myself."
1: Yeah, we don't want to identify with the servant, and so we want to identify with winners, and that means getting my way or getting my happiness or, you know, getting my fulfillment or whatever it might be, or or, or at least getting the self-image that I think I, I need to have. Right. And uh, and I and I don't think that works all the time. Uh, and maybe not any of the time. I mean, sometimes we can probably, with a lot of energy, overcome it. But, uh, you know, whenever the marriage is about you personally and not about the spouse, I think we've somehow messed it up. I, when Paul writes about uh, the church and, and the mystery of, of the church and of marriage in Ephesians 5, I think what he's trying to say there is that people should be able to look at your marriage and get a sense of what the gospel is all about. Yeah, You know, there's... there's um, you know, I alluded to that oracle in um, uh, in Genesis three, and you know, there's a whole description there of of the relationship between the man and the woman. And I think part of I, you know, I don't I don't think there's there's any kind of a command about woman uh, being a submissive to the man and the man having authority. I I, I think it's a description. It's not it's not. A, uh, it's, he, he's not predicting anything, and he's not giving any kind of a command, but he's describing now that fallenness has come into the world, there's going to be this struggle.
0: Yeah.
1: And and you have um, uh, this, the, the same kind of thing being talked about in the Roman Empire with Paul in Ephesians 5. You have men who need to love their wives in such a way that they don't treat them like property. Yeah. And you need women you know, in their relationship with men for them to be able to do what it is for them to become one. And, I, and, I, and there is so much hurt that I think comes uh, in Genesis 2 where it talks about, um, uh, you know, leaving a father and mother and being united to your spouse and uh, the old King James, the King Jimmy, uh, you know, cleave, which always sounded like separating, but, um, uh, you know, but to become one flesh, that word is in Hebrew, devak, which means to be glued together literally to be glued together like plywood. That was like horse glue. That was pretty weak glue back then. <laughs> you know, and even, even if it was horse glue or whatever you know, whatever it was, you know, like plywood, have you ever tried to pull apart the layers of plywood? it yeah, no, just... It's you ruin rips,
0: it. Yeah, you rips things yeah, apart. Yeah, it's
1: not... It, 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 it becomes rips. something damaged and not what it was supposed to be. And that's what happens to humans. Yeah, yeah. What was it, Danny DeVito? Remember that movie uh, with Michael Douglas and... Uh, was it... Uh, Kathleen Turner, it was The War of the Roses. Yes, yes. And he said, nobody wins in divorce, there are only levels of survival. (laughs) I I think that's true. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. I will and follow you.
0: You know, when we started Relationship Rewire just eight short months ago, We had no idea we would touch so many lives and help so many marriages and relationships. Already, we've had over 85,000 downloads. We're now averaging over 3,000 downloads a week, and that number just keeps going up. I get so excited thinking of ways we can reach even more people. But relationship rewires not all that the Growing Love Network does. We prepare people for lifelong love through our Growing Love course which, by the way, has been selected by the state of Texas as a Together in Texas premarital course. Couples who complete the course don't have to pay the state of Texas marriage license fee. We also provide a three-day intensive workshop called Love Reboot about once a month. Last month I just completed leading my 100th marriage intensive and I can assure you that you will find nothing more effective for healing, strengthening, and saving marriages. But Growing Love Network started as part of its mission, to be accessible to anyone. We built our nonprofit organization on a model that provides our services for a fraction of the cost for similar services. On top of that, we offer scholarships for our workshops so that no one will be denied the help they need. Other reputable marriage intensives start at 2,000 and most are 3,500 and above with no scholarships available for those who can't afford them. Love Reboot, our intensive, is less than half the cost of those $2,000 workshops, and almost half of our participants apply for and receive scholarship assistance. So here's what I'm saying. Growing Love Network cannot provide the help we provide without donors. In order to continue bringing this program and everything else we do, to prepare people for lifelong love, to strengthen relationships, to heal failing and broken marriages, we need your help. We want to continue providing what we do for those who, for whatever reason, can't give back at this time. But if you have any means to help, whether it's twenty-five dollars or $25,000, please hit pause, go to growinglovenetwork.org and click on the donate button. And as just one way of saying thanks, we won't continue until you've made that donation and hit the play button again.
1: Hello, this is Max Locato. You're listening to Relationship Rewire.
0: Well, so um, I think kind of you're getting to where why this kind of bothers me. It's. We we've we've we, we've said hey divorce yeah it's not good but we've almost accommodated it, um, and we've turned those same efforts. In fact, I was having this discussion with a friend and brother uh, not too long ago, and you know it was like we've got to do something about same sex marriage. We can't let it happen. That's been that's been a year and a half ago. Well, it's it's I don't know if it's a train that can be stopped now. It's, <laughs> I guess any train could be stopped, but, but, uh, and and my thought on that was, you know, when the world sees us fighting against that, but not fighting against this other thing, it looks really hypocritical to us.
1: Yeah. Well, getting to that same sex marriage issue. I mean, I, I, I just think it's, 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 it's such a, a, I don't know if the right word is hypocritical, but it, it is. It is not a position of strength from uh, from the Christian world to uh, to to say that we have the right definition of marriage and then do such a pitiful job of being married, mm-hmm. but we're going to deny it to somebody else. Right. And uh, and and again, you know, we're not trying to be uh, controversial or anything, but that that that, that bugs me. Is that we we want to attack this kind of a marriage when our marriages are falling apart? Yeah. and we say that we have that truth, and that's that's yeah. what
0: that's I, I think both to me are not God's plan. But I think that's that's I think what you're hitting on the nail on the head of what bothers me about it when I see somebody who is not loving their spouse or is getting a divorce or thinking about getting a divorce or has been divorced, and they're the ones who chose that. Um, and they're railing against this, you know, it's almost like they're trying to say, I don't want God to look at my heart. I want, I want to deflect it off onto this other issue.
1: Yeah. Don't look at what I'm doing. Look at what I say is wrong over there. Yeah. And, and it's just, it's just camouflage and it's, it's, uh, you know, the same old, same old deceit. Um, you know i want to i want to say that again i think that heaven recognizes divorce and heaven recognizes divorce in in, a, in in a lot of varied ways more so than what we have typically said in in the church tradition that you and i are a part of mm-hmm. um, with that being said I, I i think that you can offer you, you can offer uh, you know, a lot of, uh, a lot of marriage courses and things like that, and they're great. I mean at the church that I preach for, you know we, we, we basically say, you know we really don't want to do your wedding even though we love you unless we have a chance to sit down and talk with you what married life is all about. sure but, but it's like anything else. Um, at some point you have to build a better human being. Right, and you know, to and, and and again, it gets back to the discipleship thing. If if you want a better spouse, then you got to become a better spouse. Right, you know, if if uh, you know, if I'm meeting all of Ellen's emotional needs and and serving her and 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 losing at times, you know what it is that I would really want to do. Yeah, you know, I want to sit down on a Monday night and watch the Dallas Cowboys whip up on the on the Redskins. But if I need to sit down and spend time with her or pray with her or whatever, help her with something. The best thing for my marriage is for me to to lose and not watch that game and go go do whatever it is that she needs for me as her husband, and and at some point you know we we have to we have to begin building a better human being, a disciple of Jesus right. in our in our um, in our churches and in our church ministries, and and I think that that means teaching people how to love, yeah. and 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 how to be patient and how to be kind and and all of those things that basically. You know, are a reflection of the love, uh, the fruit of the spirit in Galatians five, of being self-controlled, of, of knowing I, I how think to forgive.
0: I think that's why um, the biggest reason I'm so passionate about marriage is, you know, I don't have. Yeah, I'd love to see the divorce rate drop, and and well, it's dropping it anyway because most pe- people are getting married to, to get divorced. But um, I'd love to see the divorce rate drop, but. That's not the the end all. That's not the goal. The goal is if, hopefully, if the divorce rate's dropping, it's because people are getting better at loving. Mm -hmm. It's not because they're finding the right person. It's not, and that's important, you know, it's important to not be looking for love in all the wrong places, of course. Um, It's important to learn skills that are better at communication or whatever. But bottom line, those skills and all that stuff. It's it, you're just not going to have a good, thriving, growing marriage if you're not becoming more Christ-like. Even if you don't know Christ, that still is the, the formula, you know. And so it's it's not about saving marriage. It's not even about marriage is the ultimate goal. It's about um, that marriage is this refining fire. This, it's to me, it's God's number one tool. For human beings, for our sanctification, if, if that's an appropriate yeah, word, yeah. it doesn't it doesn't mean you have to ha- be married to. But it's just to, to be sanctified or to be, but it, it is it is the most common tool. Uh, that, that it's like the the big tool that God gave from the very beginning. This is how you're going to learn to love me like I love you. Is right.
1: that right? Yeah, absolutely. I, I would even add though, uh, even hope um which is you know obviously a part of, of of love as well but you know think about what you do with those love reboot weekends is you're giving people hope mm-hmm. that things don't have to continue on the trajectory that they are now they will unless things change right and most of those things are internal kinds of changes or perspective changes or whatever they might be right. but but you and Joanna give people the opportunity to see that things can be different and they can be different because I'm different, or you're different, or whatever. You know, we can be different, but that is the result of of of, of God, mm-hmm. you know, working in our lives. Even even if we're not a Christian, that doesn't mean that God doesn't work in our lives or change people. Yeah, you, you know, there's a there's a million different ways that God interacts with us on a daily basis, whether you're a believer or not, to to, to try to bring us to our senses. Mm-hmm. But you, you know, you think about uh, that. You know, I said a minute ago. Um, the idea of sometimes the best thing for my marriage is to lose that. Just think about the, 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 the shallowness of the way that we practice forgiveness in this country. Um, we we always say forgive and forget. I mean that's a, a complete impossibility, right? You, you know, I mean it's such a shallow without way of, some
0: kind of head injury or Alzheimer's or something.
1: Yeah, I mean, I mean, God gave us this incredible room called remember. Mm-hmm. You know that I mean, we we'll, you and I will both go to our graves with some memories that we really regret and some things we feel bad about. But you know that forgiveness is that accounting term. You know that we 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 always talk about it's it's removing something from the ledger. But what it means is something even deeper than that. It means that you are choosing to suffer rather than making the other person suffer. You know, if you do something to me, um, um, I can make you suffer. Right. I'm not going to forgive you, but I'm going to and, and and not forgiving you. I'm going to make you pay. Right. I'm not going to erase. I'm not going to forgive. I'm not going to erase it from the from the books. I'm going to make you pay. I'm going to make you, I'm going to, you're going to give me a pound of flesh. Right. But if I love you and I forgive you, then I'm choosing to suffer. You're giving up a pound of flesh. Which is what God in Christ in love did for us. By his wounds, we are healed. Mm -hmm. And I think it's the same thing in in, in marriage. That forgiveness is such a, a, a lightly developed tool in our culture and we don't talk about things at a at a very deep level most of the time, but that that's what real forgiveness is about. Yeah. It, it it is removing the obstacles that make reconciliation uh, that make reconciliation impossible. You remove those obstacles, and you choose to suffer because of it.
0: If I'm if I'm somebody who's really suffering in a marriage right now, and I'm listening to you, I would be going at this point. That's easy for you to say. You don't know how I suffer, um, and and I don't. I, I don't. But yeah, neither know, one of uh, us do. Yeah. But I, I will say that you know I think a big key to this is what Paul talks about the the this great secret he's learned to to find joy in all circumstances. I think a lot of couples, a lot of people, individuals suffer. We suffer as individuals, you know, not really as couples. <laughs> I mean, there might be two people suffering the same, but you suffer as an individual. They are suffering as individual in their marriage um, a lot more than they need to be. Two reasons. When, when they lose that pound of flesh by forgiving, then they are just seeing themselves as missing a pound of flesh, and they don't have that great, they're not accepting that great gift of the Holy Spirit. That, that's part of the Holy Spirit's job is to come in and give you, not just replace that pound of flesh, but give you even more to overflowing. And, um, and then another thing that's so damaging about their mindset that makes them suffer more is that they are dependent upon their spouse's behavior for their own well-being, for their own, you know, mental health, emotional health, just attitude, it's that they they almost become like the this martyr, this woe is me. Um, and if they were to, if they were to say, real, recognize that you know, really, your spouse uh, has way less to do with your emotional and mental state than you allow them to. Uh, in, in fact, I truly believe how we think and feel about our spouse has much more that, with what we ourselves do than what what our spouse does. And I've seen this. Oh, you've seen... I was just talking to this guy the other day. Um, I was talking, and I, I'm embarrassed that I had this conversation now, but I was like, boy, how does he put up with his wife? And he said, oh, they have a wonderful marriage. I was like, really? Yeah. Oh, he loves her. He just... Admi- admires her and I'm like well I'm glad I'm not married to her you know well it's not her that decides how he thinks and feels it's what he chooses and what he does um, that makes that that difference Is
1: that yeah I, you know I, I would I would respond two ways um, you know in terms of suffering um, you know I, I think a lot of times people just suffer and and they want to suffer like a martyr Mm-hmm. And there's something that they get out of being a martyr, yeah. and and I and, and listen, I'm not against martyrdom, uh, but I think that there is, there there is there is foolish suffering. You know the the reconciliation. Yeah, I, you, I just pictured Stephen <laughs> Stephen
0: getting a stone and looking at all the other believers that are the side. You see what's happening to me here. You see. Yeah. <laughs> well, you, 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 I mean, that's not the kind of martyr you're talking no, about. Yeah, no, no, yeah. no,
1: no. You, you know, there's well, there's a there's a martyr that was a form of idolatry, and uh, uh, you, you know, you're suffering to to no end.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, and and I think that the the right kind of forgiving and suffering is to the end of reconciliation, but there can't be reconciliation unless there's repentance on the other end. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I think there are there's some people that suffer in marriage, and maybe they should step out of that marriage and and separate for a period of time because of dangers. Mm-hmm. And and that person still needs to be forgiven, but there can be no reconciliation until there's repentance. There's change. Right. The other thing is, um, and and you you know National Geographic came out a couple of years ago with uh, you know with the the DNA of love, and 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 I just thought it was, uh, okay, the science may be true, but but man, what a horrible, you know. Okay, so I know these different chemicals are taking place in my brain, man. Whatever those chemicals are doing in my brain, make me a different person. You know, I, I see my wife and I see joy. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I I don't see a perfect person. I don't I don't see somebody that that is um, that is always at their best. But but I see my treasure. Yeah. You know, I see my treasure. And so I see you're my doing joy.
0: you're doing what God choose what God does with us through Son Jesus. He He chooses chooses to see us as holy and righteous.
1: Right. I mean, what was it that that you know that caused Jesus again? It was love, but in Hebrews chapter twelve, what is it that uh, he endured the scorn of the cross because yeah. of the joy set before him? What did he not have in heaven that uh, that he went to the cross for? Yeah. It was us. We're his joy. Yeah, and 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 I think that that you know the way i suffer i might suffer for ellen is different than i might suffer for somebody else but the main reason is is because like you were saying you know some people may not want to be married to me but ellen does yeah and ellen would die without me and and vice versa i would die without her and um uh, you would die without her well emotionally i would i would be a wreck mm-hmm. you know and that's not to say that uh, i don't believe that i would see her in the resurrection mm-hmm. but uh, am i too loud on the mic or
0: i was just you're trying to pull you in a little closer. Okay. Now, now, yeah, I'm getting too now, comfortable, leaning back in my yeah, chair. Yeah, you were getting further and further yeah, back
1: there. You know, I, I uh, you know, I don't want to go where my imagination would take me in terms of, of, uh, of life without her. Yes. Because I think that loneliness is a is a uh, a completely debilitating experience for human beings. And uh, we can't sustain loneliness very long without paying some prices emotionally and even physically and, uh, about it. And uh, I believe that, again, like I said, I'd see her in the resurrection. And I know that I would have companions in suffering in the church and friends like you that uh, that would not only be near, but would be, even when you're not near, would be praying for me. And and I, and I would survive. I would live. But, Do you think
0: you could thrive again after it?
1: Yes. Okay. But memory uh, So it's memory like is when you said, I would thing. die.
0: Like a piece of you would get hit really hard and would die. But that doesn't mean you couldn't come back better. The dreams
1: would die. Those dreams aren't coming back. Right. Those mm-hmm. dreams, those plans, the yeah. future. The grandkids. All of, yeah. All, uh, all of that mm-hmm. would be different. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, and, and when I say die, a lot of that has to do with her and, and me. I don't even know if that's proper English or me, Ellen and me, uh,
0: uh, or is it Ellen that, and I? I
1: don't. I will ask. Uh, I prefer, one of the secretaries.
0: I prefer me and Ellen.
1: I I before E, except after C. <laughs> you, you know, it, exactly. it's it's Tuesday those dreams. It's it's the part of me that's with Ellen that dies. Yeah. Right. You know. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So I hear what you're saying. Yeah, because I, um, I I would be a, a wreck for a while, and I don't know how long that while would. If Joanna goes before yeah. me, um, but I also am, am trying to work toward a uh, a place I'll probably never arrive. I, I don't believe I'll ever arrive that, that where I become less dependent on her emotionally and mentally. But this, this is going to sound weird. But I want her more emotionally and mentally. I, and I show my desire for her, my desire for not just I'm not just talking sexual. in fact, that's done down the list, not too far down the list, but but that my desire to do life with her, my desire to be with her, my desire to um, tell her about my day and and to hear about her day grows. and her desire for that with me grows too. Um, as our dependency on each other goes away. And I think we actually get better at desiring each other when we need each other less, if that makes, makes any sense. So, and so, and that, that desire I'm replaced. I mean, that need, I'm replacing that need of her with my need for God. And which actually, you know, as I'm doing that, he fills me up with more of his supernatural love. It makes to you a better right. person. Yeah. And
1: no, I, I, agree with that. Um, uh, you know, a hundred percent, um, You know, you you get to this point, and I I think I got this definition of intimacy from you, actually, um, that intimacy is the product of shared experiences. Does that sound like you?
0: Yeah. Or maybe, am uh, I misquoting you? (laughs) No, no. Well, it's funny. I uh, just had a guy quote me the other day, and I was like, I might have said that, but <laughs> yeah, well, if you agree with it, then yeah. yeah, that, well, that's a summary of just my simple formula. It's two people being vulnerable with each other and two people accepting the vulnerability that they're getting from that other person. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're exchanging vulnerability and we're exchanging acceptance of, of that vulnerability. So, yeah. so that's, well, and that, and, that would happen. And all the of
1: issues. that while well, you're doing life together, right? you know, and, uh, uh, you, you know there just there just comes a point where you know a 55 year old guy understands something that he did when he was 21 and got married right that um, uh, that there, there, there's more to the package than like you were just saying at 21' sex or you know the idea of being married and all of that. there's there's this this there's this unity that's being glued together there's this joy that comes in the vulnerability that you have to confide in somebody That hunger. We have to belong, you know, and knowing that we're, I mean, just all of that is, I mean, that's the show, right? That's the the deal. And for that to be gone after all of these years is a devastating thing. It does, you know, again, it's not going to be the end of the world. It feels like death, but it's, it's not, but you're not the same. Right. Because there is a piece of you that is gone and it wasn't a, it was a piece that you really loved. Yeah. You know, and,
0: uh, well, I want to end on that thought because I think that's, a, and, and I, I want to give some people a, a little takeaway here at the end because there's, somebody was hearing that and it's like, uh, thinking I would love to have, be able to have that vulnerability. However, my spouse is not vulnerable with me.
1: Go I to want, love reboot. <laughs> yeah. Go to love, reboot. go to the <laughs> weekend,
0: <laughs> but a, a little thing, you know, you're, you're, uh, the reason we are, don't like, everybody wants intimacy, craze intimacy. But the reasons so many people fear intimacy, well, we all fear it as well. But because of that ingredient, you have to be vulnerable. So you're really, what you're saying, I wish my spouse would be vulnerable, vulnerable with me. I wish that we were intimate, conversationally, experientially, whatever, sexually. Um, but they're waiting for their spouse to be vulnerable for them and the only way that that's going to start, you, I mean, you got to start. You got to trigger and it, and you're going to get hurt sometimes. You're going to get laughed at, or you're going to get some, oh, that's weird, or you're going to get some, you're you're messed up. But that's the only way they're going to feel safe enough to be vulnerable themselves is if you're making yourself vulnerable.
1: Yeah. Well, I, you you know, in this world, it's impossible to to get past sadness. I mean, you're just going to be sad. There are things that are going to happen, tragedies, so on and so forth. But the one when, thing... when my dad was in AFib, and that's the first time
0: I'd heard about fibrillation. Yeah. But we said in this world, you will have
1: fibrillation. That's right. <laughs> because, because of me, the <laughs> heart. That's right. <laughs> well, I, I mean, you're you're gonna you're gonna have sadness, but you know you know the the one thing that you don't have to have is regret. Right. And regret is, is what happens when you know there are things that you should have done, could have done. It was within your power to do, and you didn't do it. Mm-hmm. And 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 I agree with you. At, at some point, be the person that takes the first step. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, and and don't be afraid to speak the truth in love, and in love, speak the truth, mm-hmm. and 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 trigger those things, and get the help. The help's out there. You know, that's one of the things that you and Joanna do is is to help people in in the complexities of of human relationship. You know, human relationship does. It's not easy, but right. it doesn't have to be complex and complicated, right. Right? right? And and to help them to narrow down to, you know, these are the things that that we should focus on in order to. And it may be vulnerability. It may be honesty. Mm-hmm. It it may be humility. It may be, you know, some other kind of understanding that comes into a human life. But it, but I believe it comes for everyone. Right. And right. it may not always be skyrockets, but it's something better than skyrockets. Oh yeah, you know peace and joy
0: skyrockets the eventually run out of budget for fireworks
1: well it's hard on your eardrums too <laughs> yeah. you know and i just but you know that's 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 the bottom line yeah you know yeah that's the bottom line
0: well i've sure appreciated doing this i, I think we I, I, this has been a little bit different format than what i usually do it's been just more of a discussion and i kind of like it because uh, i don't know where we're going and i don't have to have a script and um So I'm looking forward to doing more of these with you, if you will be. Yeah, I would
1: love to, and uh, And I'm also looking uh, forward to putting you more on the hot spot. See if I can get you fired. Well, uh, that's uh, that's a pretty easy thing to do these days. You know, the older, you know, I I was thinking about this the other day. I got to start getting some filters back. You know, just, you know it just comes. To when you're 40, you stop caring what people think about you. And then at 50, you really stop caring what people think about you. And then, I mean, uh, oh, I'm, I just slowly but surely I'm becoming my dad. <laughs> he uh, he spoke the truth in love and in comedy. You know, that's what I aspire tough, to.
0: He spoke the truth in tough love. Yeah. Well, he was he was absolutely hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> How long has he been gone now?
1: Three years this month.
0: Wow, that's full of love. Well, thank you, Mark. All right, thank you. I sure enjoyed it. Relationship Rewire is produced by Growing Love Network. Growing Love Network exists to revolutionize our culture for lifelong love. You can find us on the web at growinglovenetwork.org. We welcome your feedback on this and any of our podcasts. Drop us an email at relationshiprewire at gmail.com. That's rewire at gmail.com.
1: Was that even close to what you wanted?